Good morning, degenerates, and welcome to In Too Deep. I'm your host, Jack Rowland. Guys, I've got an exhibition coming up. It's titled Unearth and will be at James Macon Gallery. I've been working all year on it, so I'm pretty excited to release these paintings to the world. If you're in Melbourne, the opening event is on August 20 from 2pm till 4pm at James Macon Gallery, Collingwood. Would love to see you there. All right. Today, I'm joined by Melbourne-based artist and self-professed degenerate, Lambie. Lambie is a painter who makes pop art that directly responds to internet culture. Her work references social media, memes, and the world of cryptocurrency, all delivered with humour and a signature colour palette that is undeniably Lambie. Lambie is incredibly active in the NFT space, not just a way of selling work, but also contributing to the online culture of it all. From her style and fashion to her online persona, Lambie really lives her art. In this chat, she gives me a proper eye-opener into the world of NFTs, which really has become its own thriving art movement, the intersection of art and cryptocurrency. All right, without further ado, let's get deep with Lambie. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. You don't apply. Bad luck. Well, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 I'll tell you when we're getting in too deep, too deep, too deep, 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 deep. Lambie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How hey, are you? I'm good. Hey, new friend. What's up? <laughs> Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, hey, I wanted to, I mean, first of all, your art's awesome. Thank um, you. I really wanted to chat with you because you uh, work in a completely new kind of style of art, new space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, feel, I feel like I'm going to feel like a real boomer talking to you, but uh, that's cool. We've got, we got to get educated somehow. Um, <laughs> your art is like, um, I don't know, actually, why don't you describe your art in your words? Ooh, wait. Uh, so my art is, uh, it's pop art. Um, it's painted, hand-painted pop art in, in gouache and watercolour. Uh, I, I do refer to myself as an artist, as a degenerate-born child of the internet. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> my, uh, my art is inspired by online, um, by online life, by social media, by um, the, the digital age that we currently live in, which progressed more to uh, crypto and blockchain um, as being my main inspiration the past 12 months. Mm. Um, so very bright uh, portraiture and um, iconography uh, that represents online and the and the crypto space. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I've wanted to chat with uh, someone about like a proper kind of crash course in NFTs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, as I was just saying before we started, like I've I've seen a lot of different artists um, <clears throat> kind of enter NFTs and uh, maybe not really a hundred percent knowing. Uh, what's what's what um when nfts first came about i I, my initial uh reaction was fantastic this is like a perfect space for digital artists Mm -hmm. um you know most contemporary galleries don't really represent or show many digital artists maybe some but barely ever i bet barely any so i thought that was great also i feel like the nft space is like uh good for people who can kind of play with the technology and play around with um yeah, I don't know the digital the digital space. I've I've seen some people do it really fun. Like, um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh my god, Scott, uh, street artist. He's done all the bin chickens. Oh, bin chicken guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. him as bin chicken guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and, and that's kind of like this yeah. fun, like collectible kind of thing, mm-hmm. all these different variations that like kind of becomes this like uh, in, 
ticket to the club almost, you know. It's like a... Oh, so, yeah, that kind of business model. Um, mm. yes. And same, same with the kind of ape stuff as well. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's an interesting thing with NFTs is people see the, the bored apes and the crypto punks right. and, and they think that's what NFTs are, is, is more PFPs, which is a, a profile picture or a collectible. I, I see that as a business model that exists in the space. I'm a one-on-one artist. I'm a, I'm a traditional painter. Um, mm. And uh, my pieces that I do digitize, um, uh, I'm just running a very different model. Like, yeah. like for, for, for a collectible, um, a lot of them will have utilities and they'll have a roadmap. Um, they'll have they'll set expectations for collectors. Um, so those collectors will get rewards and returns in um, in flipping their, their pieces that they buy. So that kind of thing to me is more buy it wait for it to pump flip it buy something else wait for it to pump flip it and in our industry we call that paper hands paper hands hands, Mm. yeah so somebody is referred to as a paper hands if they're buying and flipping all the time which is what i more see is the kind of collector that's driven to a a pfp project or or the bin chickens Mm. because that that collectible can only be worth so much for x amount of time right i guess like you know how how you're going to keep the communities like ongoing mm, past six mm. months, 12 months, two years, five years, that, that kind of thing um, compared to like Magic the Gathering cards or baseball cards or, or whatever else. Like I see it relatively similar to that, yep, yep. if that makes sense. Whereas what I'm doing is essentially doing a normal artist career but in a digital space mm. um, and using the, the technology available to elevate my art, whether it be animating the paintings um, or what I've been working on is uh, VR sculpture a lot lately as well to really push myself as an artist into the digital space. Sick. Awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that's one thing I think I really uh, f- was intrigued with your kind of practice is you are um, – you're really playing with the space. You're like you're uh, you're having fun with it as well. And it seems that like uh, the way you kind of interact, like you've almost kind of you're you're adding this kind of personality to the space as well. Which which um, it yeah, it kind of bl- blurs the lines. Like it's almost like the Lambie show a bit when you kind of <laughs> tune in. You know, like you're kind of trolling around with with like <clears throat> you're explaining how you were like selling NFTs on on eBay. <clears throat> Yeah, and things to like that. The minting platform, to- yeah. totally. And like, I think part of that's like all so much, so part of the appeal. Like, people in this kind of space are, are yeah, you're you're kind of living the art a bit. And 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 um, in many ways, is it uh, fair to say, yeah, your work is very much kind of about internet culture as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's my vision. It will. It's it's my interpretation of of the information that I'm like feeding myself from the internet and Mm. from Twitter, mostly Twitter. Um, Crypto is pretty much all on Twitter. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, so um, with, with my work too, uh, really trying to capture the, the the social and cultural aspects of the life we live online um, is like really imperative in my work as well. And I feel like there's not enough artists that are capturing that right now. And, and I think there is a lot of historical value that's being lost um, mm. even with something as silly as a Pepe, um, yep. that's now considered like a godlike figure in this community. Um, we, the internet frog. Yeah. Yep. We, we all hail Pepe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you become like a very, very prolific um, character in the space and that's because of meme culture. Mm. Um, and meme culture is another thing with um, art now um, and digital art uh, that has become massively trending and I've seen pieces sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars of wow. meme culture art. Wow, um, yeah. So 
Yeah. <laughs> mm. And that is kind of funny. Like it, there is a blurring of the lines again of like just like memes in general and as you put it, like internet history. Like there are – there's almost like a historical timeline of the evolution of internet culture, which is really interesting. Which um, And in the context of art and NFTs, there is this blurring of the lines of – I mean, I mean memes – Memes are both like now kind of a style of comedy and also an art form, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, back in the day on Reddit, we'd call it bad art um, or um, uh, badly drawn. So if you've ever seen the Sanic, S-A-N-I-C, so instead of Sonic, it's Sanic. Um, I think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a really bad pencil really, yeah. drawing, got to go fast. Um, <laughs> so that that is a very good representation of the NFT community and the world that I play in. I, I, te- I, I, I really do treat um, this space as my playground um, and the people that I've met and the relationships that I've built uh, have helped me maintain that in the sense that like this community is we're all for one, one for all. And we all believe in open source and we're all sharing information between each other. We're all helping each other build each other up and if i can add comedy and my humor mm. into people's days to make it a little bit better then fucking a i'm gonna do it and through me trolling people i've actually gotten a lot more connections i've i've leveled up as an artist because i have trolled people or done derivatives of their works um and then we've ended up meeting so mm. yeah, yeah yeah um yeah it's been it's been incredible and exciting um but you know, uh, for for all the all the fun and joy, we're in a bear market at the moment, and um, it is uh, crypto is uh, volatile. But the NFT community, I don't see going anywhere anytime soon. It's too mm. strong. Mm. It's way too strong. It's too many people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see that that kind of like what you're doing with that 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 to me makes NFT art exciting you know uh seeing every single artist trying to kind of just a- appropriate their art practice into the nft is like eh, you know okay cool whatever but yeah really kind of playing with and uh with the technology playing with the culture the specific culture like have you ever noticed like on different social media apps or even i'm sure dating apps like you know there's a literacy to it mm. there, there, there is a kind of uh, it's it's like when you see old people get on Facebook and they're writing letters and putting it on there, you know, like, dear Deidre, yeah. it's wonderful to see you on Monday. And they're posting that to their timeline <laughs> instead of a d- DM, you know, yeah. like if you're just entering, you wouldn't know how that works after spending a bit of time on it, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like it's similar to, I, I imagine, the, di- the digital art space or the NFT space. Um, yeah. A total literacy to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, there there really is. Like we, we even have our own language, which is, um, one of the things, another thing that I've really tried to explain in my works, um, is explaining to the mainstream audience, you know, what wag me is or. Oh yeah. I see all these things in your work that I have no idea what they are. Yeah. What's uh, wag me? (laughs) So wag me is, uh, we all going to make it. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of like really now really cheesy we call crypto bro phrases <laughs> that were really popular during the uh, the Wall Street bets, which is when I really got into crypto um, mm. uh, with my uh, personal fascination and hobby of the 2008 financial crisis mm-hmm. and economics. Um, fell in with the Wall Street bets very hard. Uh, loved that movement. Um, cool. <laughs> but uh, shit, now I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, damn it. Wag me and all wag these. Wag me, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So wag me, yeah, is a crypto bro term, um, one of the many. Uh, so wag me is we all going to make it, mm. which is uh, a phrase that was used a lot by influencers in pump and dump scams. So wag me, hodl, 
H-O-D-L, which means hold on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Another one, um, and to the moon, which people would definitely know by now. Like Elon Musk tweets about that still regularly and stuff okay. like that. Um, or not going to make it, which is NGMI. So there's wag me or not going to make it. Um, paper hands, the one I mentioned before. Uh, oh, rugged. Rugged is a big one. So uh, being rugged is uh, if you've been scammed mm-hmm. or like someone literally pulling the rug out from beneath you and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they're the ones on the top of my head. They're like the main ones, but those phrases, um, have been used. Oh, and GM and GN is a very important one. So in this space, cause just like anyone going to work to their nine to five or whatever, the way we come online to, to work is we say GM, which is good morning. And we finish our days by saying GN, good night. So that mm. means I'm online, I'm offline. Right. Um, I'll and- admit I, I Googled that because every second post you have GM de- yeah. degenerates. So I'm like, what is this? Yeah, good morning like, degenerates. Yeah, again, yeah. I'm such a, I feel like such a boomer, like trying to like <laughs> decipher all this stuff. Urban Dictionary, GM, internet. <laughs> pretty much. Like, like pretty much. Um, yeah, it's, it's really insane to have fallen so deep into this culture where I've been living on international time as well. Like mm. I've felt like I'm, I exist in Australia, but I've been living online for like two years and the last 12 months, mostly on UK US time. So not a lot of daylight, um, crazy hours, you know, whether it be in Twitter spaces or I'm working on a collection or, uh, yeah, different, uh, media opportunities and stuff like that. Like it's been, insane and Mm. and fast-paced and and hectic and heavy but i i wouldn't change a thing it's Mm. like yeah a digital gold rush yeah totally (laughs) um i want to um ask you about how you kind of got into this space but just before we do that i was Mm -hmm. wondering and we don't have to spend heaps of time on this but yeah are you able to just give us like a real kind of just a real crash course real quick on like NFTs. So just in, oh, case, yeah, sure. in case listeners don't really uh, under, fully comprehend what they are, what, what is an NFT? Yeah, so NFT stands for non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. So what happens is um, when you mint an artwork, uh, so that's when you upload it mm-hmm. and then you click mint. So what minting does is it creates a token. It creates a non-fungible token and then that image is attached to the token. That token's value is dependent on the market. So you can either put up for auction, put up for sale for X, and then that token, that NFT is worth X. Mm, Right. Very simply put. So basically it just makes it an object in the digital space. Well, yeah, yeah. But the the unique thing with uh, NFTs and blockchain technology is that it can't be altered. So Mm. once you have that token, whether it's bought, traded or sold, all that information will be stored within it. So, and it's stored on the blockchain as well. Um, So for myself as a traditional artist, I see it, I see a high value um, in uh, in NFTs for the provenance of a piece. So you don't have issues like the New York gallery back in the nineties that had like four Rothko's and it turns out none of them were, they were all copies mm. because they didn't have proper provenance of the pieces and they were still sold for millions of dollars. Right. Um, and with blockchain, it's never going to be disputed. So because I am a traditional painter, the unique thing about myself is that I sometimes won't sell the original with the NFT. Like I don't offer it and collectors, my digital collectors don't want them. They want the digital. Um, But for my IRL collectors, they like knowing that the NFT does exist because that proves the provenance of the piece they already have. With copyright, do you have to, are you allowed to sell the original or like, is that, is that being sorted out? That's yet? a very good question. Yeah. Um, so that is, I imagine you could, right? Yeah. So there are options within um, the contracts. So to, mm. uh, so the NFT is, uh, is, is a contract essentially mm. that you sign and like the, the, the token is created, but like you have to right. sign to be able to create it kind of thing. So, um, Within uh, so there's different contracts that you use for minting, 
and different contracts allow you to do different things, right? So um, uh, an ERC-721 contract is like a standard NFT contract um, where I can upload an MP4, a JPEG, a PNG, pretty standard stuff um, up to X amount of meg or gig, right? Um, Whereas there's other contracts out now that allow you to do a lot more things where you can add in – Uh, say multiple PDFs or multiple uh, MP4s or audio files, or you can add in fucking game if you want. Like, yeah. So there's different contracts now that have um, developed over the past 12 months um, by, by people, uh, by web three developers making them um, that have allowed us to uh, be more experimental with the things that we're minting and add more utility and options, if that makes sense. So um when I'm minting a piece, just to kind of break it down for you. So I have my painting, I digitize it. um, I go to the minting platform and then I will pick the ERC 721 contract because I know that's the one that suits me best. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll upload the work. I'll click mint. I'll pay a gas fee um, to mint the work. um, And then it will be up for auction. Uh, So imagine like uh, for an IRL artist, it's the equivalent of sending your painting to a gallery. The Mm. gallery is going to take a cut. It's going to take, it's going to cost you postage and you've still got to paint the piece. Mm. Um, Yeah. I'm just doing digital way. And I suppose the values are totally up to the artist, how they want to do that. You could just put it for like a couple of grand uh, set price or you could uh, auction it. Yeah. So um, uh, what I, what I did from the early days is I saw more benefit in auctioning. Mm. Um, that way it's letting the market uh, determine the value of my work rather than me determining the value of my work. Um, and that gave me a much better gauge as to what kind of where I should be heading. So it, it'll, by doing that, it let me test what pieces were working and what kind of art was working for the space. That's like a pretty refreshing approach to it, I think, isn't it? Actually just kind of yeah deciding on the market rather than yeah anyway sorry oh no no you're fine you're (laughs) fine um so yeah uh so i first started off doing uh comics that did sell very well and they were um uh, representative of what was happening in the space at the time with the wall street bets um but then from there doing my paintings i was able to test with the market through auction um what was working better as far as iconography and and i i I mostly do portraiture and anatomy. So doing other things like a doge or sillier stuff, I kind of wanted to test the market and see how that was. Mm. Um, and then once I did, it was like five or six paintings, I reviewed which ones went for the highest. And then that's the avenue I went for my next collection kind of thing. And I do a bigger body of work of that kind of style after doing the market research and, and whatever else to then do my next body of work, see how that goes, and then do the same thing again. I'll mm. do more tests with the market. I'll tweak it then do another collection body of work and just kind of keep leveling up that way um, rather than getting stuck in my head as as an extroverted introvert and trying to like a- appease myself because mm. that as as an, for me as an artist anyway, it just never fucking works out. Like I'm, I'm much better playing to an audience. I'm much better painting for an audience um, and creating for an audience than, than myself. I'm too fucking morose some days. Mm. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what 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 do you what is the kind of at the moment the 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 like the best like utility for I guess NFTs are people sitting on them and trading with them are these art lovers are these kind of crypto people yeah like just playing yeah. are people displaying them or is it like a profile picture slash uh, virtual reality 
like the metaverse kind of. Uh, I think it's everything that you just said, mm. um, but I think there's different uh, levels of mainstream adoption for each of them mm. uh, or just adoption in general for each of them. Um, so your paper hands, people buying and flipping, are usually going to be crypto bros, um, paper hands themselves, uh, whale collectors that that just have the, the liquidity to be able to do it, mm. um, especially if you're buying and flipping apes or, or punks or anything like that. Um, buying and flipping meaning just buying and selling. Yeah, yeah trading. And, and that's yeah. what we call it, yeah, paper yeah, yeah. hands. Yeah, because uh uh diamond uh, what, what was what was the because diamond hands is when you hodl diamond hands is when you hold so okay. so i'm i'm a diamond hands uh, yep. holding on to my ethereum right but then it's paper hands which is where you flip and yeah like diamonds uh paper hands will burn away but diamonds are forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah excellent <laughs> um but yeah as far as like collectors it, it's it's a really broad um spectrum of people mm. uh some people come in and they'll make, you know, they'll double, triple their profits and they'll never come back again. Um, a lot of collectors are also artists. As far as like breaking down who's collecting what is like, yeah, like like, like I mentioned, like for more of your PFP models, it's people that are coming in to make money. Mm. Um, and they've usually got a very particular kind of personality about them as well. Um, like they sound like traders. They sound like like actual traders on wall street, like right. they're, they're here to make a fucking buck yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're not here to fuck around either. Um, uh, one of my collections, silly titties, um, which is, uh, like my biggest collection to date. Um, those ones on secondary go for like an E. So, um, Ethereum. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as far as like flipping and stuff like that, whenever I've had conversations with the collectors that want to buy them on secondary, they're quite, that very to the fucking point. Whereas my portraits, it's a completely different kind of collector altogether. Like um, uh, there's a platform called Maker's Place, which is more of your high-end art. And I do uh, massive portraits for, for that platform. And those pieces, the people that have collected them, are people that are deep into DeFi and the crypto community and people that understand um, the the iconography that I put in that depicts um, the social and cultural landscape of crypto and Web3. Um, but whereas my silly titty collectors uh, are the people that just love the collection because it's really fun and silly, um, it's torsos of women uh, – all uh, the photos, I've, I've either taken or paid models to do it and stuff like that. Um, and they're very, very silly. And the whole concept was nipples are just the eyes of the torso. So <laughs> boobs in different kind of like positions with different faces and expressions. And um, yeah, it's just like just the torso. Um, so yeah, it's it's different depending on what the business model is. Um, much like the IRL art world, I guess. Some people buy stuff because they like it. Some people buy it as a long-term investment, a short-term investment. Um, but I've seen all walks of life come through the crypto space. It's, yeah, it's, uh, mostly an, an anonymous landscape of people. I trusted more than most people I've ever met IRL, mm. which is bizarre. Mm. I feel like also, you know, cause you bring so much personality to the space as well. Like a lot of it's like people wanting a piece of Lambie, you know, like, <laughs> like they're buying into the, the Lambie yeah. identity and brand and, and, and everything. And like, I think that's a really a really cool, uh, yeah, at part aspect of kind of what you're doing. Cause, cause a lot of like art, uh, not just NFTs, you know, it, it effective, like people say, how is this worth so much? And it's like, well, look at it like branding, you know, like Louis Vuitton is like functionality is mm. no better. I'm sure than a fucking this jumper really, yeah. maybe a bit better, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's just the branding that's like makes Louis Vuitton so expensive. Mm. And, and, and to an extent, you know, that's, that's really what goes with, uh, 
high-end art. It's yeah. it's people are buying into this like idea of an exclusivity of this one brand uh, slash artist um, mm-hmm. that is backed by all the the right people. And yeah, again, like you're you're kind of really. Yeah, it is like like the Lambie show a bit, you know. I think that's really cool. It does it it, <laughs> it makes is. the whole space like a bit more exciting. It's like, what's she going to do next? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Well, I like the past twelve months. Um, the relationships I've built in the in the community oh. and 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 everything else. Uh, people know that I'm here for the long haul. Hmm. Um, and. Uh, people know and have seen how much time I've invested in the space and people in the space and other artists in the space. I, I do a lot more than just paint and create. I'm, I'm there to help people as well. Um, not necessarily onboarding people, more just helping artists that are already in the space, just like we do for each other. Like just this open source DeFi community is incredible. I've never met so many more welcoming people, faceless people. Like mm. it's insane. Um, but yeah, as far as like the Lambie show, um, me and my bananas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of like for, for me, um, I, I am my art. My art is me. So uh, everything I do online, all the shenanigans and stuff like that is just an extension of the painting I did that week <laughs> for yeah. sure. Or um, Yeah, you're living, you're living the art. I love yeah, it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I... I love the the community and the shenanigans and on Twitter I love that you can reply with uh, pictures because it means that um, like even the other day there's a, a, a shit poster that I love, uh, Mike, and he uh, made the comment that his pronouns were Mike and Mike um, and explained that he was currently dressed wearing yellow gloves uh, and a pair of glasses and nothing else. So I just quickly did a Photoshop of his profile picture and turn him into like a spider <laughs> so it's just like his head with like, like a stock image of like a woman putting on yellow gloves and like turn him into like a spider and stuff like that it took me like 10 minutes right yeah. i did that then he photoshopped something then somebody else photoshopped something else and then like but that's how this community kind of just builds on top of one another mm. and that's how we have built a lot of these friendships it's just artists having fun yeah um and that's such an important thing with this space too is not only the technology and stuff, but we're having so much fun at what feels like, <clears throat> you know, turn of the century renaissance, you know, just where everything feels new and fresh and the the opportunities are, are insane. Like the, the amount of galleries, the NFT galleries that are opening now worldwide. Like I, I personally this year have exhibited in France, L.A., um, Melbourne twice and Sydney in physical spaces. Or? Yeah, in right, physical wow. spaces. Mm. Like it's and you know I've uh, there's people like Giant Swan, um, who's massive in the in the NFT space in Melbourne, um, and he does uh, VR worlds and sculptures, and they're absolutely incredible. And he's been around since like 2017. Um, and hearing his experience of like how the NFT space has grown and stuff like that, you know, where he was selling pieces for X amount, you know, then and now they're this now and kind of like uh, how the the NFT community has evolved over that time as well has been really, really interesting. Like it really was just um, a bunch of like crypto bros mm. <laughs> and artists that just wanted to give it a go kind of thing. Nobody was sure, mm. um, which is really interesting. But the few people that were sure, they gave it everything they've got. Like uh, there's another person in the space, Robness, who is a massive, massive reason for the, the crypto art movement itself um, and uh, and the trash art movement. And he's been around since earlier than that again. Um, and like he was – he sold his first piece out the back of a bloody car. Like he was living in a car on the beach. 
mm. and sold a piece, sold a digital artwork for like a million bucks. Like, <laughs> like yeah, just super chill. But that that's that's wow. like yeah, the the behind the scenes is interesting. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been that's um, a whole new world. <laughs> It yeah, really it's insane. It's absolutely insane. When did when did it all kind of start? Did it all start with that one Beeple sale that uh, skyrocketed him to the one of the top ten uh, most expensive artists that are alive today? Was that kind of one sale that really kicked it off? That's okay. He in okay. In my personal opinion, I really need to preface this. In mm. my personal opinion, NFTs kicked off because of the Wall Street bets. Here's why: crypto wasn't adopted mainstream until. Wall Street bets. So what happened during that time back in um, January and February in uh, 2021 um, was Roaring Kitty had devised a, a strategy to short uh, the GME and AMC stocks. What well, it was it was GME and then AMC, um, which is GameStop. Um, and so what happened was is while that was going on, people were then taking their money and putting it into crypto. So all these couch traders as – mainstream mainstream media called us um we're taking our money and reinvesting it back into crypto bitcoin spiked in february and you can you can see the charts between them between ame gmc and um and bitcoin and bitcoin got up to 66k around the same time the wall street bets shorting went to the fucking moon like fucked wall street to the moon my guy it was hilarious um and (laughs) yeah so like having having been there on the ground floor um, and at the time I was working at Milk Bar Gallery with, uh, GT and Jane who now own, um, o- Oshi Gallery in Collingwood, uh, GT massively into crypto, massively in NFTs. And he's, he's talking about Lush Sucks and this and Nifty Gateway and blah, 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 and oh, Ethereum. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm looking at Wall Street Bets at this time, like even though I'm still working at the gallery, just like checking stocks, just like on my break and stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> just super cheeky. Uh, meanwhile, I'm like watching this Wall Street Bets thing happen and then Bitcoin starts spiking and it all kind of happened at the same time. And it was like in that moment where the mainstream media started reporting about Bitcoin because of the Bitcoin spike and the Wall Street bets. And then I'm seeing more and more of my friends put their money into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and then I started doing NFTs. So, and I was doing NFTs based on what was happening with Wall Street bets. Um, and the iconography was also depicting what the actual trades were that week because mainstream media at the time was giving out false information. And we had multiple subreddits, um, you know, trying to. Mm. actually keep everyone on the same page. What what year was it when you started getting into uh, NFTs? So it would be end of 2020 and then 2021. So right. the, the first exhibition, uh, NFT exhibition I helped was in 2020 and that was at Milk Bar Gallery, um, part of Future Art Exhibition, which was an international touring exhibition on of NFTs and we had that in the physical space in Collingwood um, in 2020. It was December 2020. Um, and then me actually making NFTs would have been January 2021. And you were you making uh, much art and kind of more in just the traditional gallery model before that yeah yeah so I had a solo show in 2020 um uh, with a bunch of paintings I did uh in ISO I painted like uh that year it was like 60 something pieces (coughs) wow um yeah and uh I presented the uh the body of work to GT and Jane at Milk Bar 
they were more than happy with it um, and gave me a full space in the gallery to um, to set it all up. Uh, a lot of those pieces, again, is commenting on uh, internet culture and also what we were experiencing at the time. So one of the pieces uh, depicts Donald Trump with uh, my version of coronavirus, which is like more like a flower, more like a wattle flower. Um, and it's him with two thumbs up, but one thumb is flicking away the N95 mask. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that. Another one was a bouquet of flowers, um, but they're not flowers. It's coronavirus. Um, and then there's a ribbon around it with a little tag that says, get well soon, love Rona. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, that, that body of work was a lot more of that. Oh, and Belle Delphine as well, because that was like the last year that she had massive success. Um, well, she was still around and stuff like that. So I did a piece of her after she had um, – uh, she'd been hi- on hiatus for ages, then comes back online and gets butt naked and does a painting covered in paint, butt naked. So I did a painting of her from that shoot. Um, and that ended up being one of my most successful pieces that year. Cause I sold it as an NFT, as Prince, as the original, like that, that piece was insane. Um, wow. oh, and I got on ABC as well, which was hilarious. Really? Yeah. 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 They did an interview with me, um, uh, back early 2021, um, like literally about NFTs and crypto with another amazing artist, Hipworth, who does a uh, big digital landscapes, for, like the opera and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Like these incredible, mm. massive, like moving pieces, like again, it's digital, so it can be blown up any size, but, um, just see the level of detail and his uh a narrative he can put in his digital pieces is incredible but um yeah so yeah managed to squeeze Belle Delphine on the ABC which is so good in the business news I was like yeah boy and got Squirtle in there as well I've got like a life-size Squirtle and I give him I got glasses for him as well so it's Squirtle Squad <laughs> totally got Belle Delphine and Squirtle on ABC business oh my yeah uh, she's she's a funny one because she was kind of similar like she was really just playing with that I mean what was what was Belle Delphine's kind of entry point was it was it a kind of only fans weird thing like she was like selling bath water and shit wasn't yeah she? yeah, doing yeah all sorts of crazy I, stuff I followed her her career quite closely um because of my marketing background mm. um and I saw what she was doing and I'm like this is absolutely this is genius great, yeah. And, and yeah I've definitely adopted that into what I do today um and that kind of playfulness um and uh did did she coin that look where like the cross eyes the, a hair the gal? Tongue, what is it a hair gal a hair gal yeah a hair yeah, gal um that's it. the the anime <laughs> o face yeah. yeah 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 um yeah so well there you go as far as a cultural icon is concerned um that makeup look which is like what i'm rocking today um and also the doing like the really high cupid's bow lip Okay. Um, like that E thought, that E girl, she, she was the first. Right. Like she paved E-thought. the way. Yeah. For all you girls and only fans out there, I hope you say at least five hail Bel- Delphines today because she is the reason. <laughs> Any y'all are here. And this is like part of like marking internet history, right? Yeah. Like this is a part of kind of getting that chron- chronology of internet history And that's down. what I'm trying to do through my paintings. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. Even Lush Sucks, um, there was a, a painting I did uh, back in 2020. He painted a wall of Trump and Biden kissing, mm-hmm. which is in reference to the Berlin Wall, the kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that and was just taken away. Like, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it got covered up in less than a week. Mm, and I yeah. kind of, you know, in lockdown alone, mentally flipped a table and I'm like, fuck this, I'm mm. painting it. So I painted a portrait of him sitting on a milk crate wearing yellow Crocs and then I painted – the, the wall that he did of um, Trump and Biden kissing on the T-shirt that he's wearing. Um, and he's also got a massive cock that's like an elephant-sized 
stick that's hanging out between his legs. It's like on the ground past his Crocs. And it says on his cock. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we all just get along? (laughs) What's the big dick reference? Is that that giant? That's the the big dick reference is in reference to Lush Sucks. Right. Um, (laughs) Not that I heard he has a massive cock. Thank you to all the strippers that DM me after I posted a photo of that painting. Um, uh, but it was to, uh, exaggerate his persona as an artist okay. with, with big yeah, yeah. dick energy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was never meant to slight him or anything like that. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and, and the caption, why can't we all just get along is what he put on the, the Instagram and Twitter post of the wall that he painted as well. So for me, that was kind of like capturing something that like as a graffiti artist, your work is only there for as long as the environment lets it be there. Mm. And I love graffiti for that. But at the same time that wall painting to me was so fucking important um like no way like yeah no somebody else needs to capture this um because it's it, it was so iconic for for that time that we were going through um like even though we're in australia i, I guess it's a bit different for me because i live online and stuff like that but uh it's yeah the u.s's so, decisions so much still the, make so much of the media we consume is the u.s you know like yeah. i literally i've like debated people around the coronavirus stuff and like you have to sometimes remind like Remember, we don't live in America, right? Like these issues are coming from America. All yep. this culture war stuff is so much yep. like driven by America. It yeah. like, doesn't always apply that much to Australia. It does a bit, but not always, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway. That was like with um, uh, the board Ape Yacht Clubs and the uh, board Ape Yacht Club in the beginning. Um, with And it's funny that now people are saying board Apes are racist. I don't know if you've seen the news about that. Only um, through scrolling through your Instagram. Yeah. So... It's a crack up to me because um, before Bored Apes, there was a few YouTubers that had an art competition um, where you had to draw or you had to create an ape on the moon. This was back in February and March of last year. And I've got the receipts. Um, And so this art competition led into ape into this, which is another crypto bro term. So ape into this means that you're going to put everything on the table and you're going to buy the lot. Right. So you're aping into a project. So you, you're really going hard into it. Um, and it was – so these YouTubers that were that were live streaming about the Wall Street bets, um, stocks and trades and also crypto as well, they had this art competition with an ape on the moon and then it was like a month later, Bored Apes came out, right. which was really interesting because mm. – um, because of that. And then their whole slogan was like ape into this and stuff. And then there was people saying that it was racist because it was an ape. Why? why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when, when it really got down to the nuts and bolts of it, a lot of it was Americans. Hmm. Um, and I personally, as an artist, think it's ridiculous for anyone to be like, oh, you drew a, an ape. I'm offended by that. It's not, it's just a drawing of an ape. It's, like uh, it's, it's really nothing more. Um, and then with like the racism stuff coming out now, it's really interesting because like having literally seen Bored Apes birth, like I saw Bored Apes at point oh eight. Hmm. I saw them at point two and I still didn't buy one because I looked at it. I'm like, fuck that. Hmm. I fucking hate that. And I, yeah. even What, though, what made you hate, hate that? Uh, it was a sim- the simplicity of the illustration style, at least with CryptoPunks, hmm. that 8-bit nostalgia. Um, for me, and also because it was by Lava Lab. So CryptoPunks was Lava Lab's 2018 from memory, either 2017 or 2018. Um, and then they peaked in uh, late 2020 where they started punching above like 5 mil. And then it was 2021 in March when Bored Apes dropped. Um, and then it was kind of like a battle between the two. Uh, and I just felt like CryptoPunks and Lava Lab's 
um, just more of OGs in the space mm. and they were, uh, well, at least at the time, uh, doing more for the the Web3 community, um, whereas, like, Bored Apes just got ridiculous. It, it, like, instantly turned into a celebrity fucking shit show. Like, Snoop's got a bunch, doesn't he? Or yeah, oh, like dude, that. everyone. Like, yeah. like, yeah. and that's So, Bored Ape, you just saw more as, like, a cashing in, not, yeah. not really any 100%. originality, just some someone yep. else's idea Let's like... What like a big kind of crypto whale uh, driving force? Yeah, that's what it, it felt. That's what it felt like. Like right. as soon as they started punching above an ETH, it was like who who is doing this? What, what are they? What what did they get to be around the worth? Like value of these? Oh, like the highest? Yeah. Um, it got uh, so sorry. Let me just remember for a second the because there's different um. There's different uh, types of board apes. It's like an OG board ape. The highest I saw was around eight mil. Eight um, million dollars for one NFT of a board ape. Yes, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah, but they. Oh, I mean, but they come with utility. You get to play with all the celebrities all around the world, or something. Something. I don't give a fuck. That's um, fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, okay. Here's the bizarre. This isn't a game anymore. This is real, this is real money, real life. But. <laughs> In my world, that it hasn't felt like real money. Yeah, like we've all just been playing. Yeah, like it's uh, it's it's, ama- it's amazing friends, to even comprehend. Dude, I know? had one of my friends troll me by buying a dot eth domain, uh, domain mm. Lambie dot eth. Right, mm. and this this is the kind of bullshit my friends and I get up to. So <laughs> we finally eth eth domains come out, which means that you can have like for your wallet address, you can have like Lambie dot eth, which I can have that as my artist wallet. So you have like hot wallet, cold wallet, blah blah blah. I can go into that if you do want to or not. Um, but one of my friends, smart ass they are, they bought Lambie dot eth, and then they made me pay them two and a half k to get it back. And that's just like gotcha. Yeah, that that's just like a gotcha in my world. <laughs> that's a friend. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of bullshit. And you that did. I've been, yeah, of course You're like, I did. Yeah, fuck you. I, yeah. want, I need that. Yeah, and then I bought all their domains. Um, so it would be like, you know, I saw uh, Steve O trolled Johnny Knoxville recently by uh, johnnyknoxville.com. Got, uh, he forgot to update it. So then he bought the thing and then. That's amazing. Just yeah, like that's literally what we did. Put yeah. like all this, yeah. Like, but that's the kind of bullshit we do. Or we'll mm. right click save each other's works and then we'll edit them and remint them. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, or another, oh, there was a great one. Um, uh, I can't mention who it was, but a friend of ours had a very successful project. Um, and then um, some other friends and I spent an entire night right-click saving them and flipping them and then reminting them. <laughs> Wait, so you're just, save, you're just saving the image, reminting them? We flipped it. So we like, flipped like reverse, it reverse. horizontal yeah, flip. We, yeah, horizontal. Right. And that's legit? Oh, wow. Well, it's a wild west, right? It's like a you're wild saying, west. It's kind of... Yeah. The rules uh, are kind of... We, we didn't do it to make money. We did it to piss them off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then that, they'll be like, oh, somebody stole my fucking project, da, 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 and they flipped it. And meanwhile, we're just like, yes, mm. that's a terrible day for you, isn't it, sir? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude. But like, that's that's like right-click saving and copyright in this space. Because um, I know, I know you, you did touch on this earlier. It, it, the DCMA strikes don't really exist yet. Um, it's Yeah, it's just still all figuring itself out a bit. Yeah. and It's crazy that it hasn't... Yeah, like when you're talking about five, what was like $5 million for Bored Ape or whatever, like when there's that much money, I would have thought everyone would be like, all right, fuck, we got to like, we got to sort out the rules, but not yet. I mean, that's... Um, I'd love to talk about Nate Chastain for a moment. Sure. Nate Chastain was a creative director at OpenSea um, and last year was caught, (laughs) like a fucking idiot, was uh, caught insider trading. Um, 
which was hilarious because what he did was uh, he, being the creative director, obviously knew of what uh, big artist drops were going to happen on OpenSea before mm. they happen. So what he was doing was uh, you can set a time when uh, – so once you mint your artwork, you can set a time for it to be bought or go up for auction. So you don't have – it doesn't have to happen right away. Just, mm. just like if you put something up for auction on eBay, I'm sure you can set like a date or a time or, or whatever. Um, so what he was doing was buying the NFTs before the drop and then flipping them – like minutes after the drop, the idiot was using his hot wallet and your hot wallet is like your, your wallet that you're using to, to buy and flip with usually. And your cold wallet is cold storage. That's like where you're putting your savings. So imagine like your main account and your savings account. Mm -hmm. So it's just in crypto. The dickhead literally used the wallet that has his fucking name attached to it and got caught out because it's all recorded on the blockchain. So it's all like, yeah, traceable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the biggest influencers in the NFT space at the time, um, art chick is an, is, is, still one of the biggest influences in the space um, now, um, her tweet about it was, don't worry, it just means that we're early. Wait, what do you mean by that? Don't worry, it like, just means that we're early. So it, it's a phrase that it's used a lot in the community um, as far as crypto is concerned, which mm. is like, don't worry, we're early. Like this is the early days of crypto. Like we're all going to make it. We're all going to get to the moon. Yeah. You know, all this fuck shit's happening. It's okay. We're just early. Like, yeah. you know, we, we haven't had time to sure, set sure, up sure. laws and yep. regulations and, and shit like that. And like that was her tweet. Like literally the day it happened, OpenSea's coming out being like, yeah, this person made this and then people are attacking Nate Chasson on Twitter. Then I do a photography piece, which is me like bearing half my ass. Like I'm just wearing like <laughs> panties and a leather jacket. Um, and yeah, it's got like on my head, you know, I'm meant to be Nate Chastain. Uh, and then I've got like comments on my body that are like um, insider trading just means that we're early and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and, and that's like, that's the other part of my work is apart from the paintings is there's another community called Tez or Tezos, which is a, a different uh, coin and blockchain altogether, um, which is for me a much more fun playground in the sense it feels like going to a record store. And kind of like going through all the vinyls to find like that one random bizarre album that you're just going to buy for two bucks because you're like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like that's that's Tez mm. art to me is like you don't know what to expect. So for me over there, I do very satirical, very not safe for work um, uh, photography, digital pieces that are like a satire commentary on the space of what's happening that week or that month or mm. whatever the biggest news was and stuff like that. But yeah, Nate Chastain, as far as insider trading, like, and that's happened twice now in, in less than two years for OpenSea. Wow. Yeah. Far out. And OpenSea is one of the biggest minting platforms. So man, this whole world is just like, it's, it's like, from my perspective, it's like both so niche, but also like, obviously not niche. If that's there's so much money, it's like mainstream now. Yeah. I'm, I'm just on the outside. It's like, it's a really <laughs> like, it's a, it's quite amazing just to, like you've, you've got a good grasp on it all. Well, it's because I've been living and breathing it for mm. like, especially the past, you know, since, since January, 2021, like absolutely living and breathing it every single day. Um, if anything, more like a method artist, if you will, like yeah. I, I have to be completely immersed in it to be able to create from it. Um, were, were you always immersed in kind of internet culture and stuff or was yes. that kind of a result of like the pandemic and just not really being able to you know, do other things, but other than be inside and be online, did that have a lot to do with it? Um, I, I've always been on, I've always been online. Yeah. Uh, I've always been extroverted, introvert, always been a nerd. Um, uh, whether it be video games, magic gathering, um, like going to PAX every year and stuff, if you know what that is. Um, 
so this, so NFTs for me was a really natural progression. Mm -hmm. Um, and I already had a a strong background in, in marketing, um, uh, and, uh, being a coffee influencer as well. So, Mm. Uh, it all kind of just came together in lockdown. Like I, I had a coffee business, um, like a, a promotional coffee business um, that I'd had for fuck, six years or whatever. Um, and lockdown, hospo, dead. So yep. yeah, um, I developed a, a different strategy and I'd always wanted to pursue art, but I never saw a viable, I never came up with a viable strategy that I thought would actually be good long-term. So uh, yeah, in lockdown, I developed the, the color palette, which is the, the yellow, pink and blue. That's the only colors that I use, um, which is why all the figures in my portraits are black and white. Um, uh, that's to keep consistency and, yeah. and also Iconic. on brand. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, now that you pointed out, uh, totally. I'm looking at some of your works right now. They're great. Thank you. Yellow, uh, pink, and blue. But that's how you always <laughs> know you have a Lambie as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's the primaries with a slight alteration. Yeah. Mm. And every piece has a smiley in it. Uh, that's another way you'll know it's, it's a Lambie too. Um, smileys are from lockdown. Smileys and tallies. Uh, which I've got tattoos of, um, but yeah. So the color, the color palette, and even my yellow hair was locked down. I, I developed this entire strategy um, and kind of just used the tools I already had as an artist. I, I've always been an artist. I come from a very creative background. Um, I never stopped drawing, painting, studying, even though I was running a coffee business, like mm. a pro- promotional coffee business. I just never stopped. Um, so yeah, once I uh, did a bunch of tests, uh, did some paintings. Um, and sketches and figured out a oh, cool, I'm going to go with gouache, black and white portraiture, uh, and you know, capturing what's happening online that week. And then cool, that's my inspiration. So I'm not looking for inspiration. I've got my color palette. I've got, you know, just everything kind of organized and that way I can just work. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's like all angles covered. <laughs> I try. It's, it's really, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fascinating. Like, and, and I, and that really kind of plays into the, you know, the, the pop art style that you do. I mean, it is about, popular culture and pop pop art now is not pop art in the Andy Warhol days you know like it's 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 very different it's digital it's it's uh it's I mean we were talking about like I'm I'm looking at a piece now and you know there's so many different uh online references it's like the Twitter bird in a nest you've got Pikachu ears um and you've got this giant bin um with the uh, the banana tape um (laughs) the Catalan banana yeah you know what banana Catalan Catalan yeah do do you remember that yeah 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 yeah. so that's that's a recurring bananas are a recurring theme in Mm. all of my works um because I I think bananas are the visual food of artists bananas have been used in representational uh, True. iconography for, for decades now. And it wasn't just Warhol. Uh, it wasn't just Catalan. I just see it come up again and again and again and again mm. and again. But the Catalan banana, specifically the tape banana, was me being funny saying that my art is high art. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I taped a banana on it, so now it's high art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> um. This one's got like, so the works that we're looking at now, there's all these, um, you know, there's a big wheelie bin and there's also kind of uh, all these collages of different ripped up uh, imagery that kind of look like trash. You're also like talking before about the trash art movement. What, mm-hmm. what um, <clears throat> you know, what, what, what is this movement? Yeah, so uh, trash art uh, was developed by um, a group of artists, but Robness is, is at the forefront of it. Um, and trash art is representational of... Uh, well, not only trash, but but bins, and also uh, it's it's a movement that is like we all fo- in the online space. Yeah, all yeah. All, all in the online space. Um, the IRL exhibition in uh, Paris was it two months ago now? Um, I had a piece in there. 
uh, was really cool. Everyone did um, like their own interpretations of trash art, whether it be like, you know, a bin on fire. Um, somebody submitted actually a video that was from a protest where um, a bunch of police had knocked over a bunch of bins to get to the protesters. So that we would see as trash art. Right. Like that kind of like powerful, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but yeah, the, the whole thing with the bins is is because like – Art, trash, low effort. Um, another piece, another thing that makes a piece trash art is using Photomosh. Um, Photomosh is a program that you can use for free online or you can get the, the or you can buy it um, and it will mosh your photo. So it will, it will glitch it. It will give it a different effect. It will do this. It will do that, um, which is something that was adopted very early on by crypto artists, um, even dating back to like 2016, 2017, um, as far as that program is concerned, to my knowledge. Um, so, yeah, uh, with the with the bins, it was Robness that sold a, a bloody picture of a wheelie bin um, for you know over a couple mil uh, mm. years ago now, like fucking like fucking hell, four man. years ago now. Uh, so I struggled to sell my paintings for like a few grand. Fuck. Oh, dude, like oh, look, I, I I know I need to eat some fucking humble pie. Okay, <laughs> a lot of humble pie. Holy shit. Hey, keep going. Like, Ride with it. Artists struggle their entire life, and I think. For me personally, it was right time, right place. Mm. Um, and with my skill set behind me as well, it was just, yeah, I just had to not fuck up. Um, but, yeah, so with, with Trasher, um, it's also uh, we we encourage right-click saving. So a lot of uh, IRL people, mainstream people, sorry, mainstream audience um, would uh, say, oh, but that NFT isn't worth anything because I can right-click save it. If – I, I made a point recently where I went to the gallery and I took a selfie with a Picasso and I'm like, I just right click save this Picasso. Yeah. This, I, this is my Picasso now. <laughs> like, like that, that's how funny we think it is because yeah, you can right click save it. It doesn't mean it's fucking worth anything. So it's not connected to the non fungible token, which determines the value of the work. Right. Mm. So right click saving in our community <laughs> is encouraged. Like we, we really do encourage it. Make a derivative. We don't fucking care. We'll make a derivative of your derivative and we'll just keep it going on. Like, yeah. And that, that's another part of trash art too is like having fun these? with that. People are paying. People are spending Hell money on yeah. this. Like, Hell who? yeah. Hell yeah. Why? Just because it's fun and because they have big wallets and that's like how it all keeps generating? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think, ooh, wait, I feel like this is going down a particular path. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a mix of people. It's a mix of people that see the the value of uh, the space in the sense that they see it as the forefront of the new art world. Um, but then there's also people that are paper hands. Uh, then there's also people, um, yes, there are whale collectors. Uh, and there's also artists that collect as well. Um, as far as like perpetuating these trends or these movements, um, it's marketing like mm. any product. Uh, as far as trash art is concerned though, I really support the movement because of what it stands for. I like the idea of um, even though I've painted this, the point of trash art is low effort, but this portrait in particular that we're looking at was to capture, you know, one of the founders of the movement um, with a lot of iconography to uh, shenanigans that he has done. So on his left arm, he's got a, a tattoo that says SR crossed out. Um, one of the things he did early on as an artist is on one of the biggest minting platforms called super rare it's like the most it's where people mints right this person robness was on super rare and he decided to right click save the bitcoin and ethereum logos just off google and minted them as a stunt <laughs> the bitcoin logo and, and what was the other one the ethereum and logo the ethereum, like right click saved it yeah. from google and like minted them as a stunt and then got kicked off super rare <laughs> like 
Yeah, so that that's that's to me that's what trash art is. It's and that, that and that kind, that kind of, like, of generating a somewhat of a headline within the space mm. is kind of that creates a trend and that creates its own hype in itself, and yeah. then people want a piece of that hype. Yeah, and then it also onboards other artists mm. to. Um, uh, to do trash related stuff or you know if it's not trash art there are other different styles genres and movements that are happening out there too trash art for me um i just felt like it was something that was developed by the ogs in the space um and i love the idea of just bins being everywhere and trash being everywhere mm. and the the whole right click saving thing and and not believing in copyright and, and all that kind of stuff like i've i've said it time and time again i encourage people try it like seriously right click save one of my paintings and fuck it up like do it That's i love amazing. it amazing <laughs> so there's this legitimate movement within this movement yeah and they've probably been evolving for months maybe even years yes, and yeah. everyone now is even kind of just popping into their little niche corner within this corner of the internet. Yeah, every, everyone's like finding their place. Money flowing through it. <laughs> it's the digital gold rush. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I think I mentioned to you before, I, I genuinely some days, especially last year, um, like the, the height of the bull run, I felt like a cowboy. Mm. Like, and I, I was I was trading as well, whilst also, you know, being a bit of a paper hands myself and minting and selling and developing collections. Like, oh, man, holy mm. shit, like up for days straight, like, you know, in spaces so much that like it got to the point where we'd be sleeping in like uh, my, my closer friend circle on, on Twitter. There's probably about like 12 of us. Um, we end up like sleeping together in spaces and we're all over the world. So uh, Twitter spaces is like all audio. Mm. Um, and it's a starter space. And then because it's all, we're all in different time zones. So we'd have like time to hang out with a, a group of people to be able to talk about concepts, um, minting platforms or contracts or, or whatever else. And then like, because of lockdown and stuff like that as well, it made us feel like we weren't alone. So we would even like have showers in spaces and stuff and just like sleep, <laughs> like fall asleep, like talking to each other in spaces and, and whatever. And um, yeah, just this online community, it just, I've never felt so nurtured, encouraged and like friendly. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's so different to IRL for me. Um, so when, yeah. when you spend, um, you know, a, a large amount of time online, mm -hmm. what, uh, you know, and we're talking about these kind of spaces, like where are you spending most of your time? Like you said, there are these Twitter spaces, spaces mm -hmm. meaning uh, little chat rooms that use audio. Basically, oh it's, oh, it's literally called Twitter Spaces. Yeah. So, um, Twitter has an option called Spaces, mm -hmm. just like Instagram has Live. Um, so Twitter has Spaces, um, which is everyone just, can jump on. Yeah, anyone can jump have in. a chat. Yeah. Yep. Which. So, what what other kind of like um, online spaces do you spend a lot of time to kind of to keep your finger on the, on the pulse? pulse? Like, yeah. do you live stream a lot? Are there are there um or are these just like. Are you involved in like Chan cultures kind of boards oh God, or are you anymore. like, not anymore, <laughs> not anymore. Or yeah. Like what, what is, yeah. How um, do you keep your finger on the pulse? Uh, Twitter and discord. Um, mm. and also, uh, just having built, um, uh, relationships and connections over the past 12 months. Um, but mostly it's mostly Twitter. It used to be clubhouse. Clubhouse is still useful for some stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if you're wanting to get into NFTs, especially you, you got to be on Twitter, mm. like you go to be on Twitter. I think it'll take another 12 months for Instagram to really adopt it, but TikTok's taking over anyway. So Instagram's just becoming TikTok. Yeah. Because, just, they're just all videos now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I say it's the natural progression of things. Yeah. 
TikTok mm-hmm. is for a lower attention span and it's it's videos, which we're always moving in that direction anyway. It's, it's just fucking more- crack, man. I got on TikTok because like, you know, I just yep. like, I've, I've seen other people get huge audiences quickly mm-hmm. on TikTok and it's fucked. You turn it, you go on. At least Instagram's kind of, you can kind of scroll up and down. Like TikTok, it's just video. I don't like this, add, don't like that. And all of a sudden you just fucking hit the Have you noticed it takes next, two next? taps to get out of TikTok? Oh, I haven't, no. Yeah, I, it, ta- I it takes the two app. taps. I, um, I so, got rid of it. I'm yeah. sorry, this is bad for my brain. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I uh, Yeah, so my, my, my marketing crack. background was um, developing uh, uh, videos and photos that would play to the algorithm to get the most like engagement, like the highest amount of engagement. Um, so I was doing really simple things back in the day because the algorithm was, the Instagram algorithm was young, being like, cool, if I take a selfie with a coffee cup and then I use the hashtags coffee cup, female, you know what I mean? Like mm. really basic things. Just like when um you get one of those pop-ups, it's like, are you human? You have to tap all the boats. So obviously yep. algorithms have been building, have been growing. You know, Instagram, this is going back five years ago. It was it was a baby. Mm. And now it's like gone to the point where it's much more, you know, evolved and mm. as, as an algorithm. So it's a lot harder to get away with stuff like that. But what I find uh, horrifying is uh, it, it really is the shortness of attention span that has happened um, since Instagram and TikTok. So since TikTok, um, it, like Instagram back in the day used to be around like, it was like four point something seconds. And now with TikTok, it's around like two. So if you don't catch someone that first two to three seconds, they're just going to scroll anyway. And Do it's you like study this media. kind of stuff? Like uh, For a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just data mining. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just data mining on the weekend for a hobby. I'm just reading about the latest updates to the algorithm. Uh, it's, fa- it's actually... It's- <laughs> Legit fascinating. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of hyper-focus and get, get caught up sometimes, I guess. Um, uh, but, shit, um, but yeah, uh, so- social media is uh, it's an interesting tool. Um, I, I always say I'm a thought for the algorithm uh, mm-hmm. and my engagement recently can prove that. I start posting stories of me in a G-string and then my engagement goes up 36%. So suck my dick, it's working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yo, women in tech, women in tech. That, that's what we call it. That's what we call it, women in tech. Just out here in thongs, making a dollar. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think you even did a post like just kind of acknowledging that lately. You're like, I don't know, yeah. in yes. your undies and you're like, now yeah. that I've got your attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I, and I did. I did because and it's because my marketing background, um, I actually only recently started using Instagram as a consumer. Hmm. I don't, I haven't ever because I've always done it for work. Um, and so my, my, my partner, he, he showed me like some really cool, uh, knickers. I was like, Oh, them's some cool knickers. I tap on the ad and now every fifth post is an ad for lingerie. Mm. And I, I wasn't using Instagram before I was only following artists or, or relevant people for work. Like I wasn't actually using it at like, I'm talking at all. Like I wasn't searching stuff on Instagram. Mm. I was just like, Oh, I know of an artist. I'll find them. I'll follow them. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and just from me tapping that one ad, um, I thought, huh, okay, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm going to tap a few more ads and see how how uh, more often these ads come up. And it went from every fifth to every third Yeah. for at least four scrolls. And then it started to break up a little bit more. But like that first scroll was like intense. Art, with, art, art, ad, art, art, ad. <laughs> yeah, art, 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 specifically lingerie. And it got to the point where they actually narrowed it down to like what I specifically would prefer, which is, you know, stuff more like more alternative or whatever, um, and also my size. Yeah, and I right. was like, Jesus fucking Christ. 
that's a lot. Um, and I, and I have like audio turned off. Like I always manually go through my apps and stuff like that and like turn a bunch of things, especially location services and, and all that kind of stuff and like geocache photos and shit. Um, yeah, just, I really should do that. Hey, <laughs> if, okay. Look, if, if anything, I go overboard because of the space that I've lived in the past 12 months. Um, like it's taken me a long time to stop using a VPN 24 seven. Um, yeah. Or, you know, using a VM. Uh, for, Why do you not use a VPN 24-7? Because uh, my friends tell me that uh, I'm paranoid and I've been online too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just it's just your friend's Wi-Fi. It's okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 but what if you attack me? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not that bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's just it's just habits that have picked up from being in the space. Mm. Um, and, yeah, with, with Twitter spaces as well, it's been really cool. Um giving uh, the developers a platform as well. So with like the board apes and crypto punks, there's actually like a, a there's, there's a, a developer's job uh, to create the, the generative uh, aspect of that. Right. So um, to create those board apes, an artist had to draw the assets and then a developer had to input those assets into uh, the generative uh, code program um, to be able to spit out the 10,000 apes. Does that make sense? Um, kind of. So, <laughs> well, okay. So, say um, we drew. So, you know what a board ape looks like, right? Yep. Okay. Say we drew the base ape with no eyes and no mouth. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you and I are both going to draw ten different expressions and ten different eye expressions. Right. And then we're going to send all that package to the developer. They're going to smack them all together, and then through the the generative program, ten thousand will pop out. Right. Ten thousand different ones will pop out. Just all different variations. All different variations. Yep. That, that's how those. That's how those things are made. <laughs> Through it's called generative <laughs> art. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So you could like uh, I. Why was it so successful? The the board apes thing. Marketing. Um, I mean, just marketing. Even they, like, they onboarded the right celebrities early on. And Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg like Snoop a Snoop Dogg came one? in late, my guy. Yeah, okay. Par- Paris Hilton was there on the fucking ground floor. I, I met her last year with the Graffiti really? Queens exhibition. Yeah, um, uh, she reposted. Um, you can check on her feed too. Um, mm. A video of me talking about the piece I did of her. So I did a, a painting of her dragging the Wall Street bull um, with the phrase "Stop being poor," which was in reference to um, <laughs> a 2012 photo of her in a pit, like a dance pit, where she was wearing a t-shirt that said "Stop being poor." Um, me being cheeky that's why i put it in there um that's amazing and she so she posted the video of uh of the painting because i did like a brief explanation of what the painting was and she was uh, an early adopter of bitcoin um and i'd already met her through uh, this graffiti queens exhibition so in the uk there's graffiti kings if you want to do any murals in the uk you have to go through graffiti kings they're the ones that license them Uh, and they got into uh they got into nfts very fucking early um and then i was fortunate to meet them um through other graffiti artists in the community i'm not a graffiti artist myself i've got a massive appreciation for it uh and a lot anyone that knows me knows that like, like i funnily enough know, probably know more graffiti artists than artists artists mm. just because i have such an appreciation for um that style so uh the graffiti queens exhibition um was international uh all female artists like pussy riot was there as well to, to give you an idea of yeah. kind of like who, who we're talking about um and paris hilton wanted to be a part of it too and then also had like a metaverse island where she had more pieces displayed um uh from the graffiti queens exhibition because it was over like 500 submissions uh, massive international female exhibition i uh, was really cool got on um csnbc as well uh uh with yuna yuna who headed it 
um, from the US and then we've got Dave in the UK and then me in Australia doing the marketing and stuff like that. Wow. Um, yeah, none of us – and like that. that's like another really unique thing about this space is we've never met IRL and a lot of the time you're working with anonymous people but we've completed projects, we've completed mm. tasks, we've made a fuck ton of money, we've had fun while doing it. And the trusting relationships we've built that way, uh, I like I trust some of these people more than I trust my neighbor. Mm. Mm. It's it's, it's strange. It's really strange. And it's, it's like that techno human thing. Yeah, yeah. It kind of is literally. I feel like a techno human. It's the who who's saying that? Grimes. Like? Grimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's, know it's a bit on the nose, but fuck it. No, nah, but it, it totally is actually right. Like I mean, and the more money that is in this space, the more people will grad- yeah. gravitate towards it because that's how, you know, money is survival, you know, and yeah. everyone wants to get rich as well. So, like, we are seeing much more artists that would have uh, little to no understanding of this space entering. Like, I've seen it probably in the last year. A mm-hmm. lot of, like, my mural peers are, are definitely jumping jumping on board. And once yeah. they're in, they're fucking in. Like, yeah. <laughs> once, it's like, just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's fascinating to hear about because I'm I'm very much on the outside, mm. and this is just a whole <laughs> whole new realm. <laughs> it it feels yeah. Web Web three is is a different world. It's uh and web. Do you, do you understand Web three? So there's like Web no. two of the internet, Web three of the internet. No. Okay. Could could we go into that a bit more <laughs> yeah. when I, after I pee? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Awesome. <laughs> go Thank for you. it. <laughs> back so web one and web two and web three yes okay so at the dawn of the internet there was <laughs> <laughs> history lesson in online <laughs> you should seriously start like the yeah, inter- like internet, internet fucking university uh, yeah. look i i have um considered because i i really do have a love for history twitter archaeology yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it has been a conversation with a few people um, because there isn't like a central place where the information is stored like Wikipedia yet for, for Web3. Mm. Um, but anyway, let, let's start at the beginning. Yep. Okay. When the internet began, <laughs> it was referred to as Web1. Mm-hmm. Web1 was like DOS days. So right. what, the 80s and, and stuff like that, back back when we first had connectivity between computers and stuff. Then, we've, so that's layer one. Layer two, Web2, is what we use today which is mostly owned, right? Because the internet is obviously a product that can be bought. Is this a technological um, update? Or yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, yeah. with every different layer of the internet, it's, it's obviously um, uh, there's updates happening regularly to the internet. Mm. But the one we're currently using is Web2. So Web2 refers to uh, the version of the internet most of us uh, use today. Um an internet dominated by companies that provide services in exchange uh, for your personal data. Web3, in the context of, a, of Ethereum, refers to the decentralized apps that run on the blockchain. So Web3 is the next thing to come. And the reason why to it's... come. Hasn't come yet. Well, it is here now. So, mm. so Web3 um, platforms is what we use to mint pieces. Right. Um, it has to be a Web3 platform for you to be able to buy and trade in crypto because mm-hmm. it's it's um so any any website that you're buying from say it's like a shopify website um and it's got um the the payment capabilities and stuff like that web, web 2 can do normal web 3 does crypto okay um so like the wallets and stuff like that we use are in web 3 and stuff like that um but as far as like full like it being a full adopted thing um we're obviously still far away from it but if you think about what i find interesting is thinking about web 2 as something that is owned predominantly by google in Silicon Valley. Hmm. 
and with Web3, um, it offers more chance for decentralization, which is what a lot of DeFi people believe. I don't know if you understand um, or if you've heard the philosophies of DeFi. I know nothing. You know nothing. Hockey <laughs> dokey. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to just give like a I, – I don't want to – diluted with my own personal philosophies mm -hmm. of what I believe DeFi is. So um, uh, decentralized finance, aka DeFi, is an emerging uh, financial technology based on secure distributed ledgers similar to those used by cryptocurrencies. Um, uh, uh, DeFi finance offers financial instruments without relying on intermediaries such as brokers, exchanges, or banks by using smart contracts on the blockchain. So smart contracts is what I referred to before with the ERC-721 contract that I use for um, my artworks. So that's what a smart contract is. And there's many different kinds of smart contracts. And those smart contracts work on Web3. Um, so what people uh, would believe is that if they have X amount of crypto, then they own X amount of Web3, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So if Web2 is owned by USD, AUD, whatever else, then Web3 is owned by crypto. Hmm. Yeah. That's like one, like I'm not an expert on it. Um, I definitely recommend anyone out there to do their own research. Um, there's like fantastic YouTube videos that'll, that'll break it down and say for like 15 minutes where you can like really understand it. But that's uh, my interpretation of Web2, Web3. Um, but it was also something really interesting to think about that there are different layers of the internet and the internet has evolved and it is a product like anything else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a kind of a bit of a mind fuck cause we use it all the time and like our, our data and all that stuff is, you know, uh, uh, mined into metadata and then sold off to third parties for, for advertising. Um, so as much as the internet can be a beautiful place, it's also, uh, it's a market. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What do you what do you think about like the kind of uh, future of like the metaverse and stuff? Is this is this kind of going to be much more at the forefront, or is it a uh, bit of a fad? Yeah, so metaverses have been around a lot more than twelve months. A metaverse would refer to even Habbo Hotel back in the day, um, mm. or Second Life. <laughs> um, that's that's a metaverse. Um, the metaverses today are just a more evolved version of that. Um, I don't like. The technology is just not there enough yet in VR. Mm. Um, and as someone that um, has been learning to sculpt in VR, it's not in 4K. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. in 1080p like mm. or, or 720p. Um, so, and the metaverses are the same and metaverses uh, that also incorporate um, uh, like crypto voxels or crypto. No, can't remember the other one, <laughs> the main one, Decentraland. So Decentraland is in 3D. Um, and in Decentraland, um, you can uh, build galleries, you can host events, um, which I've uh, helped uh, curate and host um, for other things in the crypto and NFT space before. Uh, and you can also buy and trade in there as well. Um, so, like, compared to crypto voxels, which is in voxels, which is in, um, like, uh, cubes. Think of it like Minecraft. Okay, um, pixels that, uh, that are three-dimensional. Yeah, three-dimensional three dimensional pixels that we call voxels, crypto right. gotcha. voxels. Um, yeah, and that's a place where, again, you can buy real estate, you can set up your own gallery and da-da-da-da. I see it as something that is good for online galleries. I see uh, a lot of collectors like building their own 
houses or estates in there and then having their pieces on display and then proudly sharing the links and stuff like that. That's so, that's what I was thinking could possibly be how NFTs could really be, mm. you know, a uh, utilized i guess you know if if in the future more people are living online and and every single household ends up having virtual reality mm. um and you know people are spending a bajillion dollars to get digital real estate next to snoop dog you, you're gonna want to deck out that house you know? yeah. yeah and you want to get to have like rotating art that yeah. you can kind of swipe and even like clothing could be nfts right so that's already a thing. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, there already are like NFT bars that exist where mm. um, you can walk into the bar and buy an NFT drink and sit at the bar and have conversations with people in VR. So what's the would – the, would the NFT <laughs> or like be like – secret clubs in VR and stuff. So obviously you can't buy a drink. So would the NFT drink be like – that's 30 minutes in this space. Is yeah, that well, what it yeah, so it depends what it is. Um, it right. could be a ticket to the next party. It could be um, sure. if you hold on to this for a week, then you can always come back to this bar and maybe you want to go back to that bar in VR because uh, there's a certain artist there or, you know, there's a celebrity that frequents there or, or whatever else. Um, it, like I think it will become better when technology, mm. when VR gets better. We're just not there yet. You think it'll take though? You think this this is the future? Yeah, I like yeah, dude, ready ready play it one shit like. Mm. Hell I still yeah. haven't, haven't seen that film. Or, or, yeah. or Black Mirror, like <laughs> yeah, totally um, Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, totally Black Mirror, and especially from what I've personally experienced, mm. I don't think we're too far away, but it, it's really reliant on uh, I think VR technology. Um, it is fantastic, and like like I mentioned, Giant Swan before, like his sculpture pieces in VR are fucking phenomenal. Like mm. they're absolutely insane and you can put on a VR headset and walk around them, walk through them and get immersed in them kind of thing. And there's so many layers to his sculptures. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm really undetermined in whether or not I would like be certain in saying it's going to be the next big thing because it's so reliant on the technology that we currently use. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I remember during lockdown, I think, I think Burning Man was cancelled. So they actually did a uh, virtual Burning Man mm-hmm. and they mapped out the desert and they had all these different little roaming um, uh, art carts yeah. things and, and tents and you would actually like walk around and you would go into a tent and there would be a band with their uh, avatars live streaming and they'd be playing and you would go and you would see whatever band or DJ and it's basically like, you know, how you log on and just yeah. watch a live set. And I was like, I didn't Whoa, know they did that for Burning is... Man. That's cool. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. So again, it was all live. So if you miss it, you miss it. If you're not in the right place, the right time, you've missed it. Yeah. So it, the, there was still this element of chance where you had to actually check out or know where to be, just mm. like a just like a festival. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I and mean, obviously nowhere near as cool as fucking Burning Man would be. But in the pandemic times, um, it definitely made being online pretty exciting I, I just like i can't remember where i saw that whether it was just a video or or I, whether i played around i think i could actually play around online anyway yeah it was pretty cool Do yeah. you, i wonder if the pandemic really sped a lot of this stuff up you know because the whole world had to live <laughs> online right Holy. i mean it definitely would have um yeah so uh yes i think it did um one of the really interesting things uh for me personally um was that the pandemic did force everyone online it actually forced demographics of people that had never been online before to be online Mm. um 
which plays into my own conspiracy theories about oh, yeah. about the pandemic and stuff like that. Right, um, place, right, right place for that. Yeah, well, okay. Um, <laughs> conspiracy theories, dun, dun, dun. Um, who profited from the pandemic? Silicon Valley. Because hmm. it forced demographics that have never been online before to be online. That's more data mined, more third-party ab- advertising sold, like sold to third-party advertisers and stuff like that. More people downloading apps, more people buying online. All that kind of stuff because you you're like it it wasn't just demographics it was countries of people that had never needed to use a digital device like we do hmm. um that now have to and and that's where i look at profit and loss between countries governments um big pharma and silicon valley and kind of look at the top down i'm kind of like holy shit like Silicon Valley had a fucking field day with everyone having to be online now. Bezos as well. <laughs> like fucking everyone's Amazon. just yeah. ordering. Like, GG, game over. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Flying away in his giant cock-shaped rocket. Like oh, <laughs> full wasn't Dr. Evil. day. What oh, my God. Like, was, was he trolling people with that or was that just happened to be the shape of his rocket? Uh, that was, and he looks like fucking Dr. Evil too. Like oh. it was ridiculous. He really does. Yeah, I felt like it was a bit of a troll to Elon Musk, if anything, because um, who else? Who else yeah. has got the fucking the money to be putting rockets up in space? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, a rocket scientist or an engineer personally. Um, Neither. But you know, I guess if I did have uh, Jeff Bezos' money, um, I, I too would put a dick into space. It'd probably be a black one though, because that's funnier <laughs> to me. Just a massive black cock just shooting up in the fucking stratosphere. That'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I mean, go big or go home, right? Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. This is double entendre. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, like, um, yeah, shit. Now I'm thinking about dick rockets. <laughs> You're talking about the, the Silicon Valley conspiracy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah because uh, like governments and stuff like that did terribly. Mm. Um, pharma did okay. Uh, whoever was manufacturing the N95 mask did very well um, or needles or vaccines or whatever else, right? But it was just really fascinating to me that, that yeah, it forced people online that had never been online before. Did the NFT market get a huge boost during the pandemic? Yes. Like do you think noticeably um, because of the pandemic or was it its natural progression in terms of timing? I, I still believe that NFTs took off because of the Wall Street bets. Mm. I feel like that was kind of the um, the the domino. Right. Uh, if, if you will. Um, I can't remember the actual term I'm looking for right now. Um, but kind of like it started here and then from the, the Wall Street bets, Bitcoin started taking off, Bitcoin started mooning, um, and then uh, mainstream media started reporting on it and then mainstream adoption happened. And then NFT spiked. Then we had the bull run. And then coming into winter, we had the bear run last year where things were actually sitting around pretty much the same where they were and then picked up again back over the summer. And so it's kind of like dependent on the Northern Hemisphere as well. Um, and and also there's just been so many fucking scams that like people are kind of, you know, done because there's no regulations. <laughs> Do you reckon these regulations are soon to come? People are trying. Hmm. Um, the first ever, um, uh, case, uh, not insider trading, 
Uh, it's being reported from Monday. Um, no, I'd, I'd have to read about it uh, again, but it, it'll be the first um, uh, NFT scam, crypto uh, crypto scam that uh, has been taken to court and, and it'll be in a public forum as well. And that, that's kicking off Monday. Right. Um, I can send you details, but fuck, like, yeah, other shit in my head. But um, mm. yeah, that, that'll be really big. Um, but... And that's where I think regulations will start. But like we're, we're so early that countries are still trying to figure out where crypto belongs and how to tax it. Like tax this year has been fucking interesting because you've got one country saying, oh, well, no, if you sold that. Okay. So say you were in Argentina when you minted your NFT, but it's sold when you're in the UK. So because it's sold in the UK, are you doing the UK tax or because you put up for sale in Argentina, you're doing the Argentinian tax or where does crypto belong? Mm. Cause it belongs in web three, which for me is like a, a world within itself. Yeah. So for me, it should have a standard tax that is relevant to the web three space, not definitive, not based on each country because the world that I've been living in doesn't matter your country, creed or race. You can be whoever you want to be online. And that doesn't come into it because we're all here for a common cause. Mm. Like all, all of those biases just got thrown out the window. Like, and it feels like such a pure, just creative and special place. Like, even though there are shitheads that will rug you and there are scams and there's pump and dumps and stuff like that, we all learn, adapt to change and evolve. Um, as far as regulations, like, I, I just don't know how it would be implemented. Like, it would have to come from like uh, individual countries' governments um, and what they you know, they'd have to literally write new Web3 laws mm. to be able to start being like, oh, yeah. like, that's not okay. You're going to get done for that. Like the, the ATO can only do so much with tax, especially when you can have as many wallets as you want. Like you could buy an ETH and not want to pay capital gains. So you trade it into another coin and then put in another wallet and then pull it back out, put it into another coin, put in another, another wallet. You could... Mm. you just rev it you set bots to do it you know what i mean so yeah as far as regulations fuck knows um some people have tried to come in with dcmas but like even pokemon and disney hasn't been able to make it through yet so yeah we're just still out here in the wild well wild wild west just far out yeah i mean you've got to it's kind of funny because there's like a certain type of person that is now like dictating uh, this new world in a way, you know, these online people. Degenerates, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, we you know, like countries and things will have to eventually, if, if crypto just becomes the norm, yeah. um, countries and things will have to kind of catch up. Same with like trending. Like I find trending really interesting and just how much it, uh, especially with like TikTok and stuff, how much yeah. it actually affects uh, human behavior. Based oh, on yeah. just trends. Just and and the global fucking, market as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the current trend at the moment is that we're in a bear run. So everyone's selling. What's a bear run? Oh, it's a bear run, bull run um, in, in uh, trading. or it, it, That's not just a crypto thing. That's just like trading mm. and stuff like that. So a bear run is when you're in a dip, which means that like stocks are low. Mm. A bull run means it's high. Mm. means it's, it's or, or we say mooning, right. um, which is like to the moon. Or like uh, there could be a shit coin. Um, that I bought yesterday for a, a dollar sixty nine, and then I looked at it today, and it's up t- to ten dollars. Let's say it's mooning. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So keeping keeping like your finger on the pulse and stuff, and um, you know, uh, so I guess th- does the trending 
um, dictate your how how much does the trending and and all that and what's I don't know going nuts online dictate the content that, of art that you're making. Uh, it very much dictates it because um, for me, it's the uh, wanting to capture the the social the social and cultural significance of what's happening in the space and also Web three. Mm. Um, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I think not enough people are <coughs> capturing the history of what's happening now, which is ridiculous considering we're all online. Mm. Um, as much of uh, as much as uh, data is stored on the blockchain, just having more of like some kind of like Wikipedia style something to really capture the the artists, the players, the influencers, like everything's happening now just like mainstream does with like tabloids and stuff but for crypto no one's really really come to like a point where they can put something like that together um or like a new york times type thing or something like that where where you could like like you'd get updated every week or something um yeah which is kind of frustrating so through my art and i have spoken to a few people like different journalists and stuff like that about it being like hey i can't do this like it's not my wheelhouse we can somebody just fucking do this for us I'll do the illustrations back. <laughs> I'll help with the graphic design. Um, but yeah, so like, like for me, I feel like it's, it's really important to capture this moment in time. Um, and the ride, like mm. I, I got so consumed by, by this cult. I drank the Kool-Aid. My yeah. guy. I drank so much of this fucking gallons of it. Um, and, and I'm here for it. Cause I really do feel like I'm at the forefront of art. Mm. Um, and the, in the digital age, um, and that's, that's given me and myself a greater sense of purpose as an artist makes me feel like I'm doing my art for more than just myself, Yeah. which, um, for, for me drives me harder than, than I do. Um, so yeah. What are, what are, um, what are like, uh, common ambitions for artists in this space? So, you know, I guess in my world, there's a, uh, there is hierarchies of galleries and then there's also museums and like, you know, like really making it obviously money mm-hmm. uh, and also like, hey, get in in the NGV or then get noticed in America and then like get in, I don't know, whatever fucking museum yeah. it is. Like there, there's there's big ambitions phys- in the physical, normal, old-fashioned art world, if you want to call it that. What 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 is What is making it and what's like the future of, you know, being like fucking making it? Other yeah. than just, other than like, is it just blowing up and selling something for 10 mil? Um, is it- no. So uh, what I, uh, as far as like, as far as, <laughs> um, as far as NFTs can, are concerned, um, there's different minting platforms, which are like different uh, galleries. So different platforms uh, are of different prestige, if you will. So there's like OpenSea, which is everyone, everything goes. And there's Known Origin, which is mid-level, Maker's Place, which is for your high-end art. And then Super Rare is where Beeple's at. So, and there's other minting platforms in between. But that's like a very brief overview of like as an artist, what you're kind of striving for is to get on those different platforms, whether it be um, through backdoors or filling out the forms and applying and stuff like that. So the different platforms that you do get on um, will give you opportunities, greater opportunities to sell your art for a higher price because of the artists that are already on those platforms, just like a gallery or a museum. Yeah, so that I was about to say they but just digital. Yeah. Operate exactly how a gallery would. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So in one in one way they are kind of there are gatekeepers, I suppose. Ooh. And, and are these like crypto lords or what? Yeah, so we we don't like to say that there are like gatekeepers and stuff like that in the mm. in the space, but there definitely are because it mm. still is like any other art world. 
Um, I personally haven't experienced too much of it, but I've been re I've pushed really hard to get into places and to meet the right people and to, to make it work for me kind of, if so to say. Um, so I don't want to believe that there are gatekeepers, um, because it is an application process. Mm. So it's, it's based on the merits of your work. Um, whilst also taking consideration how active you are in the communities um, and how much you've previously made. Um, Mm. And sometimes that doesn't even come into it. There was, uh, there's a brilliant uh, New York artist who does these gorgeous, like surreal um, realism, uh, like different animals heads. Um, And kind of reminds me of like Princess Mononoke where um, like the pig at the beginning, the boar at the beginning comes out of the forest and he's got like the worms coming out of him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine like a realism pencil drawing that's just the head. Sick. Yeah, fucking cool, right? (laughs) Um, So I met his Mrs. Bronwyn. And she does like these fucking bizarre, like very full on feminist illustrations, like very fucking full on. Um, So I met her and then she sent me uh, in Twitter spaces um, and then she sent me a picture of her partner's work. And then it was in like less than a week. We got it on super rare, Mm. like less than a week. It was like this. No, this, this guy, all he's been doing for 20 fucking years is drawing. He has not had a break yet. Fuck this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, actually, fuck this. Like, mm. this guy is too fucking talented. Um, hadn't had a solo show or anything like that and just, like, just didn't quit. Like, bodies of work, mm. like, ready to be minted. Um, and he's really keen to jump into the digital space and stuff like that. And I was like, cool, we'll just make it happen. Cool. Yeah. Is that, is that, does it operate kind of like galleries, like, with exclusive representation? Uh, yes. So with those minting platforms, Mm. um, so we refer to them as minting platforms, not galleries, but think of it as the same thing. Um, uh, yes, there are marketing teams there. So, uh, depending on how much you sell or depending on when you're onboarded into those platforms. Um, so platforms like known origin in 2021 would only let like maybe 10 artists in every couple months. Mm. And so they, they kept it and it was through, you had to fill out a form, you had to submit your work, all that kind of stuff. People saw it as gatekeeping. I saw it as keeping the, the platform curated. Yeah, quality uh, control. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Like people were pissed off. It wasn't like open sea where, where anyone can just come in and mint. And I'm just kind of like, well. Yeah, there's too much shit art out there. You if, know? if they let everyone come on, then it's not going like, to. You need a one-stop shop. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and, and I think that's very fair and reasonable. Mm. Um, and the artists that I find get really butthurt about that kind of stuff are the artists that also don't see that their work is a product. And mm. being an artist is a trade. Um, I don't want anyone to uh, degrade their integrity as an artist by thinking they have to play to the market so much they have to change or get to my level where I'm a fucking thought for the algorithm. But um, it's something definitely to keep in mind. Mm. Um, and I think it's naive if you want to have a lifelong career as an artist to not treat it like a product. Mm. Um, as sad as that is to say, because creative beings don't want to see our art like that we want to see it as something that's like a piece of us or or whatever else but if you want to make actual career out of business out of it you've got to treat like fucking product you've Mm. got to market yourself you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to push to be on the platforms you can't just rock up and you know get the shits because uh you know um i i don't think there has been a, a lot of uh like issues with uh, people of different um, uh, races or genders or anything like that getting onto platforms, especially because most of the people 
most of the artists are fucking anonymous anyway. Mm. So a, a lot of that stuff kind of can't even come into play a lot of the can't time. Can't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really based on your work that you submit and the form. And on that form, you don't have to put your actual name because we're working in Web3. Like I'm Lambie. People don't know my first name. Mm. I'm Lambie. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like um, the the only thing that I think really picked up was whitelisting, but that's a very normal thing in, in the uh, IRL art space anyway. And that was another thing that was really funny. People saying was racist and it's a very old art thing. Whitelisting is where you have um, – where uh, you – uh, say you've already got collectors, then you would email them or send them a letter um, saying, hey, I've got a new collection. I'm letting you know beforehand you are whitelisted to buy before the actual drop. Yep, gotcha. It's a very normal thing. Mm. Um, it's been happening in auction houses for hundreds of years. Yep. And then whitelisting started happening in NFTs and people were like, oh, my God, that's racist. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> it's like a real legitimate thing. Like it's a real legitimate thing. Like... The girl that's so white, white kids give a shit is out here being like, it's not racist. Fuck. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I haven't seen too much gatekeeping. I haven't personally experienced too much gatekeeping. Um, uh, and uh, I have uh, many, many friends from countries all around the world um, that uh, look nothing like me um, or they only represent uh, they only uh, show themselves as their PFP, if mm. you will. So, profile picture. Yeah, their profile yeah. picture. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't really think gatekeeping is a thing in this community. Like, especially Great. with it being open source as well. Like, mm. and yeah, just not that vibe. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, so, what are you working on now, or what's the what's what are you working towards? <gasps> the what are some projects that are yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I am working on, um, uh, live streaming regularly, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, my unique spin on it will be having, um, a few different cameras set up so people can pan between each of the cameras. Um, so there'll be the, the top down of the painting, then there'll be like a close up of me and there'll be another one of the room. Um, so that's like the thought approach going back to Belle Delphine kind of thing, mm-hmm. just kind of taking a lot of things into consideration to market myself in a way that's a point of difference to the market whilst also still playing into what I already do. Um, so getting that up off the ground, um, there's a big project um, that I'll be working on that I can let people know more about in September, which is fucking huge and I can't say anything about it right now. Um, and yeah, apart from that, um, with the, the bear market at the moment, I'm in the research and development stage of what my next collection will be, which is always exciting and terrifying at the same time, because as an artist, you're living off what you sell. Hmm. So I'm at the moment in research and development stage, obviously not selling anything. Um, but I, I enjoy that kind of gun to my head situation, if you will. Yep. Um, and yeah, like it's been really nice to take a break. The, uh, it took a break for like a couple of months because past like 2021 was insane. Absolutely fucking insane. Like just moved house and stuff recently yeah. too. So, uh, yeah, once everything's set up for live stream, I'll be able to talk about more of, um, my next body of work, which, um, will be based around shoes. Uh, awesome. yeah, well, yeah, it's just. Uh, it was developing a way that I can incorporate um, my anatomy background um, and also playing to something that um, I can market as well. And shoes are always, new shoes are always coming out. 
Um, brands are always wanting to sponsor artists for shoes and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, cool, we'll just do close-ups of like uh, probably mostly attractive women um, in different shoes, but the shoe being the main, main focal point. And then as an artist, the challenge with that is um, having the main focal point be the, the shoes rather than the anatomy itself because mm-hmm. I usually focus way too much on the anatomy of things. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, as I can see in these paintings. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, still sticking to my same color palette, but, um, I've needed to evolve as an artist as well. And with the, the VR sculpting and stuff too, um, I've, I needed, I've needed to give myself time. Like last year I produced over 150 pieces. Wow. Painted. That's that's a lot. Fucking painted. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like PFP or die was 69. Silly titties is at 69. Um, and then all the portraits, as well on top of that and then all the comics I did a Wall Street Bets on top of that as well and then all the photography pieces I did um, commenting on the satire of the space. Mm. So. Fuck. Yeah. Busy. Yup. I just didn't busy. stop. I just didn't stop which is why. <laughs> Committed. I, I didn't feel bad about taking a couple months off. I yeah. was kind of like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to get back into it, but I definitely needed a break. A, a mm. lot of us did in the space because yeah. it moves so fast as mm. well. Um, so yeah, I'm really keen to get back into it. Um, and yeah, streaming will uh, be kicking off on Wednesdays. Um, we'll be first starting on Instagram and then moving over to Twitch. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, how, how do people, yeah, tune into the Lambie show? What's the best, like, Twitter, yeah. Instagram? Yeah, Lambie artist on all platforms. Lambie Hell artist. Yeah. Excellent. Come, come find me. Come follow me. Come hang out. You see me in spaces. Come have a chat. Love that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lambie. You're a <laughs> legend. Thank you, That was, like, extremely informative, and I really appreciate it. Oh, and, awesome. Um, Thanks, what an amazing, Thanks for having me on. Oh, not at all. Just an amazing window into a whole other world that... Um, techno-humans. Yeah, techno-human or die. I mean, Hell yeah. I feel like I'm just going to be one of those old people that just withers and dies with no money while everyone else is just fucking living it up. Come drink some of the Kool-Aid. I reckon, (laughs) hey. (laughs) It's seeming more and more appealing. (laughs) You're a legend. Really appreciate you making the time. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a bloody ripper. See ya. See ya.